hippo! 6,000 pounds, 40 miles per hour. Listen. This is Your Mom Writes Books. I'm Caitlin McBarland. And I'm Charlie Ann Holmberg. And we're so happy to be here with you today. Um, Caitlin has a really bad cold, so her voice is really low. Yes, I do. <laughs> Thank you for telling me that, Charlie. In truth, I'm gonna, I, I lied to you guys. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Technically, you didn't lie. I lied. True. She could have a cold. By the time this comes out, you never know. Caitlin, let us know if you can listen to it. This, um, so Caitlin is still in the boonies. <laughs> um, what does that even mean, boonies? Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> I I imagine people in Missouri think Utah's in the boonies. Probably. I think that you're. <laughs> so Andy, my sister, edits these, and she's like. You're always really quiet and Caitlin's really loud until you laugh and then you're the loudest. But I think that your laugh might be louder on this than my laugh is. Well, <laughs> I can't throttle my laugh. Sorry, Andy. Have fun editing this. So Caitlin is still not available to podcast because she is the worst. She is the worst. <laughs> okay. Um, we all had to suffer through that one that one podcast where... I had to read all my queries to you guys, and it was like, wow, this sucks. <laughs> and it was just me. So today, I thought I would make my husband, uh, Jordan, podcast with me. Uh, he doesn't write. I just needed someone to talk to. <laughs> uh, the problems of being an extrovert, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> um, our kids didn't do their chores today, so we couldn't put them on screens. They have to earn their screens. And so they're just running amok throughout the house. We will see what damage happens, and they might interrupt us. But I thought, what can I talk about today that Jordan can help me talk about, slash just be here as a sounding board? No, we are going to talk about front and back matter in books. And when I say front and back matter, Jordan, what is front and back matter? Uh, the... Let's see. I am not a writer, folks. So, uh, It's like, I think of the inside sleeve on the left side. Of the book, and then the back of the book? Ish. Usually the inside sleeve is like the back blurb. No. Oh, so it's like prologue. No. Not prologue. No. Dang it. <laughs> Acknowledgements! Yay! Yay! <laughs> so, front matter, back matter are things like author's notes, prefaces, dedications, acknowledgements, all that fun stuff that you guys don't really need to be told about how to write. But we're going to talk about it anyway. <laughs> Because people need to be thanked. They do. They do. Okay, so let's start with the first one, and that's the dedication. You, I guess you don't have to dedicate a book, but it's pretty common practice to dedicate a book. Actually, I'm curious now. I have the Emotion Thesaurus right next to me, and I want to see if they dedicated it. Oh, their acknowledgments are right at the beginning. Nope, they did not. This is a nonfiction book, though. I was just curious to see if they did. So, a dedication is usually pretty brief. It's just that little page right after the title page that is a nice thing the author can put in to dedicate a book. You can dedicate a book to a specific person. You can dedicate a book to a generic person. And when I mean that, I could say, I dedicate this book to my husband. Less generic, I dedicate this book to my children, so multiple people. Or I dedicate this book to anyone who's ever had a hard time getting a driver's license. 
Um, <laughs> whatever it is you want to do, there really isn't a right or wrong way to do it. I always kind of like to do it to tie it into the book somehow if I can. So um, I have a couple of them right here next to me. I have the Paper Magician, which is dedicated to who, Jordan? Is it your dad? No, it's you, you boy. <laughs> says, to my husband, Jordan, who is the source of all the magic in my life. Get it? Because it's a magic book. It's like his least favorite book of mine, too, which is That's super That's not rude. true. Yes, it is. You can't. What's your least favorite book of mine? This is a trap question. What's your least favorite book of mine? <laughs> What's your least favorite? Just tell me. Least favorite book. Um, Master. Master Magician? Is my least favorite <laughs> Of all of Charlie's books. That's the one that's dedicated to my dad. <laughs> um, and like, followed by Frost is to my daughter Shiloh, who warms my heart with her every smile. Get it? Because it's about warming your heart. So I, I hit all my immediate family members first. So, well, I, I guess I didn't. Paper Magician's you. Glass Magician is my sister Alex. Um, Master is my dad. And then followed by Frost. Oh, do you know why? Because Shiloh wasn't born yet. <laughs> <laughs> Followed by Frost is to Shiloh, and then Fifth Doll is to my son Marsh. But then, and you can also dedicate it to people who make a difference. So I have a plastic magician right here, and it is to Tess, a strong woman who went through quite the ordeal and who ultimately inspired this story. So spoiler, slight spoiler, um, in the plastic magician, they come up with a way to essentially make a prosthetic arm for somebody who had lost their arm. Like they figure out magic spells to make a prosthetic work. And that was inspired. I was trying to figure out, I knew I wanted some big thing for them to be trying, you know, a big goal for them to be trying to reach in this book. And I wasn't sure what it was gonna be. And then this woman who was my neighbor all growing up, she's like my second mom, she got in a really bad car accident and ended up having to have her foot amputated. And so that, I mean, it was absolutely horrible. We're not going to dig into that. But that inspired me to put that into this book. And because it was so inspiring, I dedicated it to her as well. Um, I think it can be really fun to surprise people with dedications. Um, to like not tell them. There's been a few times where I'll print out like a fake title page and then a fake dedication page. And I've given it to somebody like as a gift. So if you're looking for a cheap gift... <laughs> <laughs> write a bad book and dedicate it to somebody. Um, I'm trying to think of who I've did that, done that to. I know I did it to my friend Emily. My friend Emily... Um, we won't do last names just because... If they're public figures, they're free game. But if they're not public figures, then you have to be careful. That makes names. sense. Not that we were looking for a cheap gift. No. <laughs> but... Well, I mean, you can find out her last name. You go look. But I dedicated Spellbreaker to her, which honestly I think is one of my best written dedications. I was proud of that. And I have somebody who usually does listen to this podcast who's getting a book dedicated to them and they don't know about it. But maybe I shouldn't say that because now all my friends are going to be like, is it me? No, I'm sorry. It's not. Okay. <laughs> uh, but I do think it can be fun to do that. You also, though, when you're doing a dedication, you have to ask yourself, are you okay with this person being named? Like for your kid's privacy. So I apparently at some point was like, you know what? I'm fine having my kids named. That said, I don't talk about them or share pictures with them on social media, but the fact of the matter now is if somebody wants to find out what my kids are named, they just have to look at my book dedications and they know what their, my kids' names are, which does make me a little uncomfortable. And it's like, well, why'd you share it on the podcast? Because like I said- It's already in the book. It's already, it's not that hard to find <laughs> now. Um, unfortunately, I feel like anybody can just pay $60 and, and find information about people anywhere on the internet. It's really annoying. 
Um, it's fine. I haven't spent thousands of dollars on security around this house at all. <laughs> and vicious guard dogs and bodyguards and gargoyles that come to life. That would wow. be sweet. That would be sweet. <laughs> Who is your favorite gargoyle watching gargoyles? I never watched it. Not... Get out Get out of this office. No, Leave. this is also my house. Uh, <laughs> if, I, if I had one, I mean, Goliath is bad. Goliath is bad. He's hot. I mean... Every girl wants to Goliath, you know. Wants to what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then I also, I had, I had turns with Lexington and Brooklyn, too. So uh, if you want to tell us what, who your favorite gargoyle was from the Gargoyle series, you can email us at yourmomwritesbooks at gmail.com. Put attention, Jordan. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about acknowledgments. Uh, I am terrified of forgetting somebody in an acknowledgment, and I actually did that recently, and I don't think he listens to this, so I'm going to tell you, James. I accidentally left you out. <laughs> I know I'm awful. No, I am. So what I usually do, we'll backtrack a little bit. When I'm going to write an acknowledgement, before I do anything, I write down the names of everybody who I, who I feel needs to be thanked. And so this will always include like my agent and my editor, people who help me work on the book, um, my alpha and my beta readers, uh, people who help me brainstorm, like or who helped with the book otherwise. For example, in Spillbreaker, I thank the professor at BYU who helped me with my Latin. And thank goodness, because I used Google Translate initially for the Latin in that book, and it was very wrong. Latin? Yeah, that, their spells are in Latin. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> fortunately, not a lot of people speak Latin, so I don't think anybody would notice. What's the link between magic and Roman? Uh, Rome. What? Well, I don't have... It's not a joke. <laughs> I'm just like, why'd you pick Latin? Anyway... Because that's something that people would study in England. Like, you would take Latin classes. Yeah. And so it makes sense. I guess maybe the Romans discovered it first. I don't know where Latin came from. Was there, like, a Latania Rome? country? Well, why isn't it called Roman? I don't know. <laughs> what use are you? Caitlin, why is it called Latin? She knows. She's a linguist. She would know. <laughs> this is what happens when you're not here, Caitlin. Um, but James is my ER doctor friend, who I've probably mentioned a few times on this podcast. And I... Ask, I ask him questions every now and then. And for Starfather, um, I have a character who gets severe burns. Actually, I in Numina series too. But I have a character who gets severe burns. And I needed to know how she would get severe burns, what the healing process would look like, how badly I can burn her without killing her, and all this stuff. He showed me some gruesome pictures. It was oh, yeah. awesome. No, he sent me two emails. And one is like with photos and without. I opened the one without because I don't want to see that. It was crazy yeah but when i write my acknowledgments i usually pull up like when my alpha and beta readers send me files i always download them to my computer and to double check i will search the email thread in my inbox to make sure i got everybody and um he wasn't technically a beta reader or an alpha reader he was just somebody who helped me with his other stuff so i didn't think to search him in my gmail but james you are in, you will be in the second print edition and he is in the ebook edition. I did email my publisher, I'm like, I need you to add this in. So this is officially a retroactive acknowledgement. It's a retroactive acknowledgement. Because I am the worst. I still want him to do, teach classes at a conference. He needs about to. Ask, just ask a doctor. Breaking, yeah. Like myths in like getting knocked out. Yeah. Or like I know tons I've, of I've things. I've definitely mentioned this on the podcast before, but James has ruined books for me because... He's told me, like, if you get knocked out and you're unconscious for more than a minute, you most likely have brain damage. And now anytime I see, like, the damsel get knocked out and then she wakes up hours later tied up in a camp, I'm like, well, 
She's gonna be brain dead. Yeah, yeah. It drives me nuts now. <laughs> I didn't know that. Um, that's. Or like watching that YouTube video about people, uh, Home Alone about Marv and. Oh yeah, about how everything should be killing them. Yeah. Yeah. And so he would be incontinent for a year. Tangent. Um, when I write my acknowledgments, I don't ever look at my previous ones just because. Like, I don't want to sound too formulaic. I don't want to write too much of the same thing. And I know it makes sense to reread it to make sure you don't copy. But I find that if I just write it off the top of my head, that it's fine. Um, you can be short and sweet or you can be more verbose. I have seen some authors that have really long acknowledgements. And I actually tend to be very concise. So I see these really long acknowledgements. And I'm like, am I supposed to be waxing more poetic in my gratitude? I don't know. Um, I mean, it wouldn't hurt. <laughs> Whatever, you always get like your own paragraph. Uh, if you want to pour your heart out, I mean, go ahead. Unless your type center or your print like printer needs you to cut it back. Because sometimes, I don't know, people know this. Like, what is it? Children's books can only be like 42 pages because of how the printing works. And I don't know if that works with novels. Like, if it has to be an even number. But then, you can also just print books. I've had books printed where there's extra, just extra pages at the end because of how the leaves work out. Um, but yeah, it doesn't hurt to keep a running list when people help you so you can remember to thank them in your acknowledgements. Anyway, front and back matter, you can kind of put it in whenever you want. I mean, if you're trying to be traditionally published and you're sending somebody a manuscript, I would not include it. But for me, I usually put it in like, it's kind of like the last thing I do after I do my developmental edits, which are the big edits that I get from my publisher slash editor. After I do those, then I will write in my acknowledgements and write in my dedication, and then those can go to copy edits and proofreads. And they always, always get a comment like, hey, make sure you double check the spelling of these people's names. It's not a bad thing to do. Other things that are included in front matter, back matter, or things like author's notes, um, prefaces, forewords, they usually aren't necessary i have found do you think they're necessary jordan author's notes i never read author's notes i i rarely unless, do unless it's like a sanderson or like a tolkien thing mm -hmm. where <laughs> you i mean it's not author's notes by then it's like a glossary oh. <laughs> can i tell you that's that's another thing that's in front and back matter is uh pronunciation guides i never uh. read those i never do I'm like how dare you tell me how to <laughs> somebody's name I mean, if it's historical... I'm not your maid. I'm not your maid. <laughs> if it's historical, sometimes I'll look it up. But I don't know. I Admittedly, I have the only time I've ever checked a pronunciation guide is for the Wheel of Time. But otherwise, I'm like, I'm just going to say their names however I want. Don't tell me how to pronounce their names. It bugs or, me. <laughs> or looking up um, titles for magic users in Sandersonian stuff. Yeah. Well, look all that magic system is so complex. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta look it up. It's like... Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I can't even name. Well, outside of like Windrunner, uh, it's hard to just name them off the top of my head. But it's like, what is this one again? Like, yeah. shuffle to the back Which, of it. Usually, I would say if you have a magic system where people can't follow it unless they look at the back matter or front matter, your magic system is too complex. However, Sanderson can do what he wants. <laughs> uh, and yes. there are people who absolutely can keep track of it. But. I don't, so whenever the next Stormlight book comes out, Stormlight books come out every three years, I do not reread the series up to that point. A lot of people do. If I did, I would remember all this stuff a lot more. But I have three years between each book, so I forget. And he writes it in such a way that if you don't remember the terms for everything, you can still absolutely follow the story. Thank you, Brandon. Thank you, Brandon.
Another thing would be maps. Maps are always fun, not always necessary. I actually am getting my very first map, finally. I've asked for maps before and my publisher's like, no. But I get a map in-ish. I get a map-ish in Keeper of Enchanted Rooms. I get the, the architecture layout plans of the house. Sounds off the charts. Yeah, and then Air of Uncertain Magic, I get uh, a train line map. <laughs> oh, yeah. the, the kinetic train line? Yeah, for the kinetic tram. So that's exciting. Kinetic tram, that's right. Um, I have only ever included an author's note in one of my books, and that was Veins of Gold. Um, in part to cover some historical stuff and in part to explain something. So Veins of Gold is a historical that takes place in the like, 1850s Utah, um, it is not a state yet. It's Utah Territory. And I felt like I couldn't tell an 1815s Western without including Native Americans in it in some way. And I wanted the magic system to stem from one of these Native Americans, but I absolutely did not want to take any sacred beliefs of theirs and make a magic system out of it or assign something I made up to an existing tribe. So I made up a tribe for that book. And I, so I explained that in the author's note. Also, um, it's 1850s, and two of the cities that they talk about a lot are Salt Lake City and American Fork. But in this time period, American Fork was called Lake City. But it's confusing to have a Salt Lake City and a Lake City. So we changed it back to American Fork, and in my author's note, I explained. We did this so it wouldn't be so confusing. You know, because people, like, historic, historical readers will, will call you out on it on stuff. Uh, believe me, I know. <laughs> um, Did you know that they're not gophers in England? Oh my gosh. <laughs> no, we mentioned that in the podcast a lot, actually. That's, I think, I get corrected on the most is there's no gophers in England. <laughs> they're rabbits. I think a foreword might be written by somebody else. Ah, yes. I think it's a foreword what I wrote. written by someone, someone other than the author. A foreword is written by someone other than the author and tells the readers why they should read the book. A preface is written by the author and tells readers how and why the book came into being. Okay. Witness that I guessed that before this page came up. Remember? I don't know. If that You're, was true. Oh my! It, what? Are you kidding? You called me a liar. I <laughs> no, did. I'm not trying to. Throw I said you it before the bus. it came I just, up. Uh, my You're memory so is, I know stuff. is rough. <laughs> okay. Um. So I've never written a preface. I have written a foreword, but it wasn't for my books. It was for an anthology. And the nice thing about having a foreword is. Essentially, if you get somebody really famous to write your forward, people are more likely to pick up the book. So I have a nonfiction book. It's like, oh, it's a, it's a sci-fi fantasy guide written by the editors of Writer's Digest, Digest with a forward by Terry Pratchett. Not Terry Pratchett. Who's the other Terry? Goodkind? Terry Goodkind, I think. And so people will look at this book and see Terry Goodkind right on the cover. And I also made this mistake. I thought that he wrote the book. And so people see Carrie Goodkind and they pick up the book. Like, oh, you know, like if I had a book published and I had a forward by Brandon Sanderson in it and people saw that on the cover, forward by Brandon Sanderson, even if they realize it's just a forward, they're like, oh, Brandon recommends this book. I'm going to pick it up. So that's why it's really nice. I wrote a forward for a historical romance anthology recently and it was my first time doing it. But yeah, it's basically saying this is why you should read this book. Here's like the amazing things that went into it and what it means. It was a charity anthology. So I talked about the charity, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you definitely don't need a preface. You don't need a forward or author's note or even a prologue. Um, they're just optional things to have. Yes, Jordan. Um, so why wouldn't you get a forward in every book? I don't know. It's awkward. 
awkward? I don't know. Is it? Yeah. It'd be nice to have a forward for every book because yeah. you have the publicity. Well, you have everything. to get somebody to be willing to do it because, like, you get these huge authors. It's hard enough to get them to give you, like, a blurb. Yeah. So I guess but a forward is, like, more than a blurb. I was like, well, I guess they don't have to read the book for a forward, but then it's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you want... Yeah, so anyway, they're basically just marketing. Anyway, but the point is, don't overthink it. Most people don't read them anyway. <laughs> I mean, it's true. I very rarely read any of the front or back matter in a book because you just want to get to the story. You know, I skip all of it. Once in a blue moon, I'll read it. Like, especially if I'm reading a book where I know I helped. <laughs> I want to find my name. <laughs> yeah, so it, <laughs> the only time I've read acknowledgments um, is when I know that I'm included in acknowledgments. Yeah. So, I mean, it's for the select few people that help, right? That you... Like, I usually skip over the author bio and everything. Yeah. That's... I, you know a lot of people do that because a lot of people still think I'm a man. So <laughs> That's true. If they look at my author photo, they would know I'm not. Sorry, everyone. I'm Mr. Holmberg, and I do not write. You have written. Tell them what you've written. <laughs> uh, scientific articles? Yes. Yeah. Um, not the same. Do it you was... remember what they're called? No, I don't remember the titles. He wrote an article about um, steering wheel shorthand. <laughs> uh, no, so, yeah, we did a, a gesture-based interface for a steering wheel on a car. And then uh, I was involved in a bus simulator, which we wrote a, wrote a paper on that, so my name was included in that. And another one on a flight simulator. It's hot. Is it? Mm-hmm. If you guys want to hear Jordan sing... <laughs> I made him sing one of the songs I wrote on my YouTube channel. It's just Charlie Holmberg music. If you go look up Epilogue to a Telltale Heart, that's Jordan singing, I know. Anyway, you can't really do it wrong. Can you ever curse someone's name? <laughs> yeah, I've told Jordan before. <laughs> like, they'll be like, say there's a guy named, I don't know, Scott. And he bugged me. I'm like, I'm going to undedicate a book to him. <laughs> he'll be like, the metal magician, undedicated to Scott. <laughs> like... Because he's the worst. Dedicated to everyone but Scott. Yeah. I have not yet done that, but I have been tempted to. But then it's like, you're kind of dedicating it to them because you like... Yeah, you're bringing them attention, whether it's yeah. negative attention. Let me see if I can remember. Because you guys super care who I dedicated all my books to. Paper Magician is Jordan. Glass Magician is Alex. Master Magician is my dad. I have to look at my bookshelf because I forget what I write. Followed by Frost is Shiloh. Fifth Doll is Marsh. Plastic Magician is Tess. Spellbreaker is Emily. Spellmaker is Marlene. Keeper of Enchanted Rooms is Jeff Wheeler. And that's one of those things where he didn't know and I sent it to him in the mail. Maybe with he a... still doesn't know. Does no, he know? I said, yes, I've talked about <laughs> <laughs> I dedicate? Oh, Starfather was to my niece, Liesl. Star Mother was to Taylor Swift. Because <laughs> I just, I love Taylor Swift's music. So, if you're listening. Love her so much. And I was like, I should dedicate a book to her, but I shouldn't dedicate this one to her because it's high fantasy. I think she'd prefer a historical. And I'm like, eh, she's not going to ever know. So I just dedicated that one to her. Um, Magic Bitter, Magic Sweet. What's the Caitlin? Aww, Caitlin, we're so fresh. Which is proxy me. Well in the Wilds was to my sister, Andy. Veins of Gold was to my sister, Danny. Gosh, You're My It was dedicated so to Christy, my editor, and my second brain. And, oh, To Damage My Heart was dedicated to Kingdom's LARPing group. Because <laughs> they let me just, like, hover around them all day. I went to a LARPing thing. Everyone's in costume. I'm just there with a notebook taking notes and, like, interviewing people. 
And they were really cool about it. I'm like, chill, cool, which one should I use? They were really cool about it, so uh, I dedicated that book to them. Spoken Summons is dedicated to my mom and Myths and Mortals. I don't remember. I know that Siege and Sacrifice is dedicated to Charlene Beck, and she was my creative writing teacher at Hillcrest High School. Okay, he's opening the books. I can't remember who. Sorry, whoever this is. I feel bad. Oh. Oh, no, what? It's my mother. Oh! <laughs> it's okay, she doesn't listen to us. Yeah, I dedicated it to my mother-in-law. <laughs> um, anyway, so that's front and back matter. More than you ever wanted to know about it. But now you know. Okay, um, Jordan. Sure. I think you need to work out your pecs more. What? Because the front matters. We have to have a bad pun at the end of a the A bad holidays. pun. Yeah. Oh, it's... you should do the bad puns. Because the only reason I know puns is because of you. It happens organically. You can't force it. Yeah, I force it all the time. <laughs> yeah, I can tell. <laughs> Rude. Okay. My name is Charlie N. Holmberg. Uh, you can find me at charlienholmberg.com and on Instagram at cnholmberg. You can technically also find me at Facebook and Twitter at cnholmberg, but meh. I give a little attention to Facebook and Twitter is there. Um, again, if you want to hear Jordan sing, you can find me at Charlie Holmberg Music. <laughs> um, I have a few songs on there that were written after my book. So if you have read my books, there is a song on there for Star Father and another song on there for Star Mother and a song on there for Will in the Wild. If you like this podcast, <laughs> please, uh, rate and review us, tell your friends and we take questions and whatnot at your mom writes books at gmail.com. We do Q&A episodes every once in a while. Okay, thanks. Bye. You have to say bye. Bye.